You're listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. Hey everyone, it's Robin McMahon here. I am so happy that you are here for another episode of Parenting Our Future. Now, okay guys, this is this is the problem that I have in my own life and that is figuring out what the heck to make for dinner most days. So thankfully, uh, we have someone who's gonna help us with this. Mia Moran is my guest today and I'm so incredibly happy to have her here. Not only is she a genius in everything that she does, she also envisions a world where women don't have to choose between meaningful work, family, and their health. Okay, that's amazing. And this is her, this is, she envisions this because she knows that finding flow and wearing lots of hats is possible. She's a best-selling author, coach, and mom of three who went from exhausted and overwhelmed to happy and energetic days. Now she finds great joy in helping other busy women use planning to move out of overwhelm and into wellness. And I should say that the book that you are a best-selling author of is called um, Plan Simple Meals. Uh, yes. yes. Please. Welcome, Mia. First of Hi, all, thank you so much for having me. It's so fun to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you and um, please help us plan simple meals because uh, there is a point at which I know the clock is ticking down and I know I haven't planned what's for dinner tonight, except for pizza Friday. We always have pizza Friday and it's like my favorite day of the week because I know the pressure's off. I don't have to cook and you don't really have to clean much either because we were ordering it, we're not making it. Um, but I know that more often than not, my husband and I are standing in the kitchen like, I don't know, what should we make? What do you want? I don't know, what do you want? I don't know, what should we make the kids? I don't know, what will they eat? I don't know, so help, 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 help. All right, so let's see where we even start. So I think I have three things just to answer that question, I'm going to start with the most obvious, okay. which is the planning, right? So actually it's unbelievable, but we waste a lot of time thinking about what's for dinner. Like, and just imagine this, like your husband's thinking about it. You're thinking about it. You know, you're thinking about, maybe you even decided and then you're like, but what if the kids don't eat it? And then you're like, well, what if we don't have that ingredient in the fridge? And I know you might work close to home, so you could go check, but some people don't. And then it's like literally this thought process where we could be like, creating something and we're thinking about what's for dinner. So really a really important strategy is just literally when you're like making breakfast, I'm going to tell you another way to like think even more in advance, but oh, I can't wait. You need to know at breakfast what's for dinner. It's like okay. really important to know at breakfast what's for dinner. And that way you just like free up this brain space. And it also does these other things like you might chop an onion like while your kid's eating breakfast. You know what I mean? Like you can actually move the meal forward because a lot of times we come into dinner and it's just like, it's the worst time of day. Like there's no, like at every age of every child, like it doesn't end with two-year-olds. It's like people are coming home from work and school and everyone's had this experience during the day. And 
everyone's coming together into your family unit, having had all these experiences. So it's just like an emotionally charged time. Plus, if you don't love cooking, all of a sudden you have to do this thing, right? And it's like, it's so easy to get just ungrounded. And it's like the easiest time of day to yell at your kids, basically. But yeah, yeah. (laughs) but I do believe that if you plan, you can really end a lot of that. And yeah. So, so that's like, number one is just know in the morning what's for dinner mm-hmm. and know in the morning what's for dinner. And yes, you need to know at breakfast what's for dinner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like one just thing. Like if you're like, I don't want to plan for the week, that's all you have to do. Like literally write on a post-it what's for dinner. And actually okay. I kind of want to take a step back to why it's important to know what's for dinner. Yeah. Because and, and we can get into other meals too, but there's like a lot of statistics around dinner, right? Like there's been a lot of studies around the benefits of enjoying dinner as a family. And I don't know about you, but on those nights when I don't know what's for dinner, though, if you, if you have it all like a picky kid, I'm pretty sure that you could correlate the nights that you're most discombobulated about what's not, what's for dinner or not for dinner or what you don't know about, you could probably coordinate the kid being most picky with the nights you're most unsure. Because the thing about knowing what's for dinner is like, you're literally a more grounded human being. It's like, you're not, you're not in decision mode. Like you're, you're really grounded and centered. So you're parenting better, you know, you're probably eating better. And you know, we were talking before we got on about, you know, kids like popping up from the table and whatnot, like you're probably in a better situated place to just sit and enjoy dinner with your kid. And so it has like, there's so many benefits and so many statistics around what having this practice of dinner as a family, as often as you can, you know, the pandemic year made it a lot easier to do that, I think, which was such a blessing. Um, Mm -hmm. But when we're all out and about and it's harder, just like what's the next step in terms of sitting down at the table and having dinner together? It makes such a big difference. Okay. That's, that's, yeah, uh, that's so interesting. And so, and and I want to know more about that um, because I know a lot of people have trouble even sitting together at the table together to yeah. enjoy a meal for lots of different reasons. And, and I'll tell you what, when people have asked me that, um, I'm going to tell you what I've said and you can, I, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it because what I've said is, look, if sitting together at the dinner table is not enjoyable for anyone, then why do we have to force everyone to sit together to begin with? Like, could your kids eat before you and then you eat after if it's really that hard? Um, you know, that's not the only place where we can get connection together. Um, So that's what I've said. Like, you know, um, I remember when I was first learning, you know, the world of peaceful parenting. um, And again, you're a food person, so you may not agree with this either. But, you know, like breakfast can be optional. And that was like mind blowing for me. So instead of all this stress and weight that I put on myself to make sure everything is sort of perfect, like we have these perfect family dinners, it was like, you know what, I can also let go of that. I can just let go of that. It's okay if it doesn't look like the Norman Rockwell painting, right? So, so what do you say to that? Well, so much of that I agree to. And, you know, how old are your kids are younger, I think, than mine. Is that true? Yeah, probably not. 15 and 13. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we're similar. So, you know, mine are 11, 
15 and 17. So a little okay. older, but um, so I think that one of the really important things to do, and, and this is it's gonna tie into planning is to really understand like why it's important to eat the food you're eating in the way that you're eating it. You know, the reason behind it, because I think the thing that can throw us off a lot is exactly what you were talking about, that like Norman Rockwell, like vision of what it's supposed to be like. And, you know, we talk a lot in our audience about being June Cleaver. Like we have this like whole notion of this woman who can get, you know, dinner on the table in this perfect manner. And it's not what most of us want for ourselves. It's like not the thing that most of us dream for ourselves. And so in that case, any meal really becomes more like a task. It's more of a to-do list and we have too many things to do. So one of the things that I like to do is just really understand like, one, there's like a few parts to this, like why is food important to you? right? So why are you eating, (laughs) you know, and everyone might have a slightly different answer to that. But most of us, you know, if we can sort of uncover a lot of our conditioning, we're eating to be nurtured. And so for eating to be nurtured, like, what does that look like? And it's, it's not about it being perfect, or, you know, in a casserole and all the things like it's about, (laughs) you know, if you can have like veggies, hummus, and, you know, like, it doesn't matter, like, you just want to be nourishing your body. So that's one, one piece is like, what is the food you're eating? And like, why are you eating it? And that doesn't mean like, we don't ever enjoy food or whatnot, but it just means that like the overall purpose of it is to nourish us. Right. Um, and that actually really w- will help with other things like picky eaters in a minute. But um, the other thing is like, why would you sit to eat it together? Right? Like, why do you want to spend time as a family? And one of the magic things behind dinner is the time. And it is that idea that we're coming together after a busy time and before we go into sleep. So if a family system is really meant to work in a way that, um, you know, really like builds us up and grows us and fosters our, our own personal growth, our kids, us, everybody in the household, then dinner is actually this magical time because mm-hmm. it is a time where we can decompress. But sometimes that means that like we're mad at the dinner table, right? Sometimes that means we have a really heated discussion or we have to like, you know, draw a line with a kid or a kid has to call us out on something. Like it doesn't mean like everyone's sitting there smiling and perfect and quiet and, um, but it is a magical time. So I will say that like, yeah. if you can like put the time in to make it work, which it sometimes can be work. Like it's work to get a picky eater to eat food. It is work to like, be able to pull together a meal and put it on the table. Mm-hmm. It is work when a kid won't sit still to like sit and enjoy a meal. Like I'm not saying it's always easy because it's not, but I really do believe that the, the benefits are huge. Well, and I think the work is there no matter what, right? Yeah. Like it's there no matter what, you know, and that's one thing I say to clients all the time um, is that like, you're already uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable too. Right. So, you know, like which, which one do you want? Which, which discomfort do you want? One that's going to get you to a better place or one that's just going to be the same old, same old. Right. So I I do acknowledge and appreciate what you're saying about that. Totally. Um, And so, so then, so I want you to help us plan, but then I want to um, talk about things like picky eaters and kids that won't sit still and stuff like that. So talk, talk to me about the planning piece. Like how okay. do we get less 
because, because like, I just want to say, I completely agree with you that we are more grounded. We are less stressed, less overwhelmed, less overwhelmed when we have a plan. hundred yep. percent. Yep. Yes. So what we got to do is we have to channel our whys for like why we're doing this, why we're eating, why we're sitting, all the things, because I think what we're, most of us are doing when we're planning is we're trying to like channel Martha Stewart or June Cleaver or like some other personality who we think is doing everything perfectly. And that's not the point of all this. The point of all this, the point of planning is to make it easier. And so often I watch women make it so much harder. So the point of planning is totally not to like open all your cookbooks and like make a restaurant every week. Like that's insanity (laughs) making, like that doesn't make cooking fun. That doesn't make shopping fun. That makes everything really confusing. So here's just like a few really tangible things. So first of all, I find that even when people sit down to plan, it's like not quite as bad as when you open the fridge, not knowing what to do, but it's up there. Like it's still like we forget everything we know. So a really good exercise is simply to take out a piece of paper and just like write down what you know to make. Like, what do you know how to make? Like, I know how to roast vegetables. Like I like, these are the, and, and you could even put the lens of like, what do my kids eat? Cause we also like people with picky kids say their kids don't eat anything. And that's just not true. Like, that's just us deciding that they don't eat anything and that it's much easier just to have them have mac and cheese, but they've eaten sweet potatoes maybe and love them or care. Like there's things that they like. So Mm -hmm. just really get clear on what you like to make, what they'll eat, you know, and, you know, make one picture of it because we forget when we're sitting down to plan. I, I completely agree. Love it. And I think every, and also like, I feel like when you sit down to plan, you think really limited. So if you do this exercise, like I would stretch to just really think of like 20 things, like, you know how to make an omelet probably, right? Like you might not think that that's dinner, but it totally could be, you know, maybe it's an easy dinner, you know? So like, what are three things that you could do either without looking at a recipe or like you're comfortable enough with it? to like be able to quickly look at the recipe. Like you've made it a couple of times that, that list. So that's, that's a really useful step to take. Mm. Another thing that is really useful on multiple levels um, is coming up with some sort of rhythm. So we hear a lot, like this, this is all the time on social media, like taco Tuesday or, you know, whatever, but come up with the rhythm, not based on social media, but based on what your family likes and what you like. So maybe there's tacos on Tuesday in our house. Some of the constants are, you know, we have, um, I'm from new Orleans and there's a tradition there of having red beans and rice on Mondays. So we generally have beans on Mondays, not always red beans, but beans. Um, there's a night of the week there. There's a day of the week where, I'm really busy and it's a really great night for soup. So there's always a night of the week where we have a soup. Um, You know, in the winter, sometimes I'll get in the habit of roasting things. So just like think of categories, like maybe you have chicken once a week or pasta once a week, like think of categories that really, you know, serve your family, like things that they eat. And it's not, it's really interesting because when you create a framework and you can do this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you could have like, you know, oatmeal breakfast or Um, smoothies for breakfast or toast. Like you could do this, you could play this game with all the meals. Yeah. But the point is that there is this rhythm. And if you stick to it for like at least six weeks, a couple things happen. If you have a picky eater, because of your groundedness in this situation, (laughs) they generally will eat. 
what you make. So they might not love soup night. In fact, they might downright hate it, but it just becomes like the thing that it is and they'll eat it. And maybe you'll get a little bit more flexible and have toast to dip in the soup or a quesadilla to dip in the soup or something. But over time, and this is like where this is a commitment over time, they'll eat anything. And the rhythm really helps them to know and mm -hmm. to feel grounded themselves that you're showing up to this. The rhythm also helps you as a parent plan because, you know, taco night doesn't always have to be the same. And so you could choose one kind of protein and different vegetables and, you know, different things that you fill it with. Maybe this week we tried guacamole and this week we try salsa, like whatever. Um, you can change it around that way. So it sort of gives you a framework um, to be creative within without having like the whole world, like, you know, all the recipes be the possibility. So right. I love the idea of a rhythm. I do too. That's great. You know, so what, and, and I do some meal planning myself. Um, and, and I did that because I was really tired of walking around in circles saying like, what are we doing? <laughs> and sometimes we lose our focus and we do forget about the plan that I have taped to the door in the kitchen. Like, you know, uh, but one of the, one of the things that we have is like kids choice, right? We just let the kids decide like on the weekends, we, totally. we used to do one night out which we don't do right now. Um, we, we would have kids choice. We'd have one night that was breakfast for dinner. And I had a two week running schedule um, and then notes on the bottom, uh, you know, like what the sides are that we all like, like, you know, we could also have like baked potatoes for dinner if we, um, you know, want to load them up and have like a fun, a fun spread of things you can put in your baked potato. So yeah, I, I love that. And I know I don't cook with any recipes at all. So my stuff is pretty basic. Like I know it's pretty basic and that's what gives my husband joy is going out for dinner so that he can get some non-basic food because of my palate. It, like I was a typical picky eater as a kid and still am. So oh, I love um, that. Oh my gosh. Well, and you bring up a great thing with the baked potato actually. So um, in my cookbook and um, one of the things I teach a lot is the idea of a grain bowl and the baked potato actually totally falls in the same line. So one of the things that I noticed is that sometimes it can take a picky eater. Like, I mean, it does take a picky eater seven to 14 times to like a new food. And that's okay. really important to honor as a parent. Um, 14 times. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's a lot. Like, I feel like one broccoli thrown across the, you know, a half a broccoli thrown across the kitchen with the toddler. And we're like, all right, no more broccoli, but like, you have to keep giving the broccoli. So, um, so the grain bowls, baked potatoes, uh, you could probably do this with pasta, but the idea is that if you yeah. have some sort of grain or potato, um, and like two or three vegetables <laughs> and a protein, and you actually like serve out plate, like bowls and put all the bowls on the table. So sometimes we just do like such a simple, like, you know, one pot thing you serve, then you go to the table, but every once in a while, at least once a week, we put all the bowls on the table, kind of like Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and everybody serves themselves. And so I did this when my kids were little. And what happened is, you know, when they were little and maybe there was like rice and chicken or rice and beans, and then like three, like kale and sweet potatoes, they might just take the rice and the beans when they're little, but that was okay. Because like, I had chosen that these were the foods on the table, but I would model what I really wanted it to look like, which was mostly veggies with like a little bit of grain and some protein. And over time, 
they just watched. Like I didn't even have to use words, you know? And I'm not saying over time, like in two weeks, I'm talking like, you know, we'd have this once a week for a year. And now it's really interesting to watch them like at somebody else's house or, you know, even on this night at our house, like just how it's changed, how the, you know, the proportions of what they like has changed. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes there's just magic and modeling. Um, and you don't even have to use words. Well, and, and here's the thing too, is that the fact that you didn't talk is that you didn't make it a bigger issue than it needed to be. Exactly. And, and, and so in other words, you didn't come to it through fear, which I know a lot of parents do. Uh, and one thing that, um, that I think is really true when it comes to our kids is that they consume calories in 24 hours. So we don't need to stress so much about like the little bit of dinner or, and, and, and I'd love your, your input on that too. Like if they're not eating a lot at dinner, you don't have to chase them around for one more bite. Right. Um, just to like, like, let's just chill everybody. <laughs> let's just, it's okay. Like your kids are going to be okay. Um, but the more we focus on it, the bigger it grows. And that's not something we want to have an issue with at all. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, and I think sometimes we make the issue, the food when it's not the food, like, or, or we make the issue, the meal, I should say. So, you know, there's going to be different issues to solve along the way. So like, for example, there was a time when I had one kid who just like was not eating fruits and veggies. And I found myself getting really stressed out about it. And I noticed that when I was really stressed out it made everything worse, right? Yes. Like everything worse. And so I solved the problem with like vitamins. Like I found fruits and vegetables in a capsule and like, I knew that they were getting what they needed. And if they ate the dinner, great. And if they didn't, and just by that, like, I swear, like within weeks, the kid was eating vegetables. Like it just, because it, I had made it such a big deal. I've also had that with like a kid popping up from the table all the time when they were little. And the issue was actually, I realized I was popping up from the table to like get something for somebody or to get water. And all they were doing was mimicking me. So then all I had to do was be like, all right, a pitcher of water has to be on the table or, you know, maybe the seconds has to be on the table, whatever. And so sometimes the problem has nothing to do with like the dinner. Mm, yes. Or your child. <laughs> or your child. Yeah. No, pretty much never has to do with your child. I will say that like very few instances, unless your child really has sensory issues, does it ever have to do with your child? Right, 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 right. Uh, that's, that's really cool. I, I, and I do, I do see that. I can really see that for sure. And look, I know that the energy that we put out, our kids are 100% um, feeling it too. Yeah. Uh, right. So like, we know that stress is contagious and, uh, and so they can feel our stress, our worry, they can see it in our face, they can feel it in our, the tone of our voice. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're absolutely right. Um, what is it though? How, how would you tell if your child has a sensory issue though, since you brought that up, how, how would you know if it was a sensory? Because that you'd see it in other areas, right? So if it's just food, usually it has more to do with just it being new. Like, you know, think of like when we have infants, you know, we spend all that time, like one food at a time. And then there's like this like tipping point when it's like, oh, they eat everything. And then we forget that like there's things they haven't had and there's things they haven't experienced and mixtures they haven't experienced. And it's overwhelming to them, I think. And so sometimes we just have to like take a step back and be like, all right, like we can be patient. This is a, you know, 
it's a your first of all your like t- your whole taste bud system is growing with you right i don't i forget the age that it comes in but it's like much later it's like teenagers or adulthood it's not even when you're little so it's constantly evolving and so your your tastes are evolving and we have to give kids a chance to like taste new things and be really patient with that and very often you know it's hard when you make a whole dinner and you're exhausted and nobody wants to eat anything or you spent money on food and you don't want to waste it and nobody eats anything. Like I'm not belittling that it's hard, but it's usually, usually not on them. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, well that's good. And so, so let's go back to what you were talking about in terms of, um, you know, so you're writing down everything that you know how to make you yep. are then putting it into some kind of a blank calendar. Um, is that Based on sort of, I would say then you're sort of creating a rhythm of like, you know, what do some of these meals look like? But, and here's what I want to say about the rhythm. So there's like different, and one of the things that we end up doing in my world is merging these a little bit, but I've noticed that there's different areas of our life that we plan in different ways. And I would call food as sort of a checklist way. So food, we sort of do it in a checklist way, right? So we're doing it outside of time. We're planning our meals, like Monday, we'll have this, Tuesday, we'll have this, Friday, we'll have this, but we're not always cognizant of how that fits in with time. So when I wrote the book, Plan Simple Meals, and went on this book tour and met thousands of moms all across the country, I was just like flabbergasted, to be honest, by how often a mom knew exactly what she was supposed to be doing, but just was so stressed out that she couldn't figure out the time to do it because, you know, Mm -hmm. dinner was at 6.30 and Little League was ending at 6.15. So how on earth would like one sit down to do dinner or, There wasn't enough time for homework or her work was ending and she was coming home and just too tired. And so the other piece I would say is really make sure you're thinking about your meals in terms of your schedule. So we have all these attachments, like, you know, I, I know a lot of people, myself included, like you have pizza night on Friday night. Right. And, and that's an easy thing to pull off usually. And there was a moment when Friday was my easiest day. And I realized that actually I didn't need pizza on my easiest day. I needed pizza on my hardest day, which Tuesday, which was like when, you know, I saw all my clients and, you know, the day was really full and the kids would come home and need things. And like, that was the day that it made more sense for a while to have that or, you know, and sometimes like going out or takeout is the same thing. We end up doing it on the weekends when actually the weekends are actually the time we have that we could cook. And so really pay attention to like what your schedule is and like when you need easy meals and when you might have a little bit more time. And when you start to like be a little bit more kind to yourself about it, it just becomes a little bit easier. Right. Okay. That's, that's a really good point. Yeah. We do tend to, uh, I mean, speaking for myself, we do tend to, to, to make easier choices during the weekends, but yeah, we do have a little bit more time, but, but I, and, and so I think we do that on the weekends because we're so exhausted from the week, but if we were to juggle things, yeah. things up a bit, then maybe I wouldn't be so tired on the weekend and dinner wouldn't be 
such a well, such well a- and also like we're you know i hear a lot with especially kids with uh, parents with kids our kids age more you know like i really want the kids to learn how to help or i want the kids to do this yeah. and then but that doesn't work very well on a night of a lot of homework either so it's like you know when do we have more time to make, you know, a more from scratch meal? When do we have time to teach the kids? When, when do we need it to be super quick? I mean, there's different versions that we need. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's really important to be honest about that because otherwise we literally set ourselves up for not feeling so great about this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you have a, a weekly meal planning kit that you're giving every listener. Yes. Today. Um, tell me what that's all about and how, how can that help um, the, the listeners? So it has um, three days of sort of done for you meals based yeah. on like categories, like I said. So okay. based on a rhythm of those three days. And so then it has other suggestions if you wanted to continue the model for like what would happen in the next week and the next week and the next week based on that, those being um, that being the rhythm. Um, and then it has a blank meal planning sheet um, and a grocery shop, a grocery list and an audio that really expl- talks you through the process of how to do it all and then how to get it from, you know, some people love grocery shopping, some people hate grocery shopping, but like what, you know, what is the process for getting through all that and, and really getting ahead on your, on your week. Um, there's a piece of, we call it, um, moving food forward, which I alluded to with the onions in the morning, (laughs) but you know, there's huge efficiency in two hours on a Sunday afternoon and, you know, roasted, cutting a bunch of stuff or washing a bunch of stuff or marinating a bunch of stuff so that you have it ready for the week or making a grain or making a stew. Um, and we've, you know, we want to be with our family in that time sometimes, but if we can figure out how to make that time, sometimes we save hours through the week. So Mm -hmm. it it talks through that whole process. That's really great. Thank you. That's really valuable. And I hope people will use it because it's really getting your time back and the mental space back. Like we know that by the time dinner rolls around, we have decision fatigue. That's why, (laughs) that's why like most people, I'm sure you're like us walking around. Like, I don't know. I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. What do you want? Like that's the worst, right? It's the worst to be like that. So, um, so that, that's really, really great. Um, And the one other thing I'm going to say it does, because we didn't really touch on this in this, in this episode, but I'm a huge believer that the food like what we eat can actually help clear the brain fog, make kids behave better. So there's a lot of attention to that in this meal plan. So um, just what we eat is also of utmost important. I think the first step is just getting in the pattern of being okay with you know doing all this. And then as we start to think of like, okay, how can I make this healthier? How would this food actually support my work or support the kids in school? Like, you know, cause so, so often like the sugar and all the stuff, it just takes us on this roller coaster that we don't need to be on and neither do our kids. Right. That's very true. Yeah. You know, when you were saying things, uh, when you were describing the weekly uh, meal planning kit that you have for everybody, I was thinking, um, and, and I wonder what, what you would recommend, because there are some apps that we use uh, in our house, right? Like grocery apps uh, that just like every time we run out of a thing, either my husband or, or I will, will add it to the list. And we have sort of like a regular grocery store list. And then we have like a Costco list. 
right? So, um, so we're we're so we're we're trying to be as on it as possible, and that reduces the amount of mental energy as well. Um, and then and then there's also online grocery shopping too. So like there are like we're so lucky in this day and age that we are able to access you know or use technology to help get that off of our plate too. So what, are there any things you recommend? Well, hundred percent. I do. I do exactly what you just said. So we have a note that's shared that has our grocery list and like there's yeah. Costco and then Trader Joe's. Like we have all the things of all the places. Yeah, um, yeah. And I have to say, especially to all the mamas listening, like we think we have to do everything and we don't. And the shared list is a really helpful tool because I find that that's a great thing to like for our partner to do. Like sometimes yeah. we don't need to be the one to go shopping. Yeah. Um, so that Instacart, you know, makes it easy if you're, if you like to put things in and then just go pick them up. Um, and just also, what? That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's totally good. It's pretty, it's pretty sick. Anyway, sorry. Well, and then the other thing is just like you said, Costco, and I'm actually a big Costco fan, but like, I don't want to go every week. So it's also just this idea of like, when you're meal planning, like, you know, and I feel like COVID really helped us all think through this a little bit in more detail, but it's like, what do I need to buy? Like once a month, you know, what don't I need to buy every week? And then that makes the shopping for the week so much easier. And I would just say that if you do that, if you buy like canned tomatoes and, um, you know, whatever, dried beans, pasta, like if you have all those things and you're buying them for longer than the week, um, I would still meal plan normally. And then as I'm making my shopping list, what I do is I just shop my house before I go to the store. That's so smart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Go, go through everything and, and update your list as you go. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's great. Uh, and we're just so lucky to have that stuff. Right. So oh my gosh. Uh, we used to do that too with OneNote. We would, we would do that. And then we found another app that uh, is just a grocery app. So, so it's great. And yeah, you know what, it does help share the load. Um, and like, I'll share a little something with you. Like it's, it's cute. Cause the app that we use, like my husband can go onto the app and see as I'm crossing things off or as he's crossing things off to write little notes to each other too. Like, oh my God. I love that. That's so awesome. <laughs> I love you. You know, don't forget that. Yeah. That's totally like, uh, yeah. Anyways, too, too mushy for words, but anyway, we do that and it's cute. So it's, yeah, it's, it's fun as well. So that's, that's just us, but um, this Great. Is there any last uh, piece of advice that you can share with, uh, with our listeners just to help them? Let's see. So just let, just leaning into this idea that food and, and we, we kept talking about family dinner in this, but I, I guess, I guess my final thought is if you're having a hard time getting into this, a lot of the times it's because we, as the mom, have not taken care of our bodies with food or in general <laughs> with anything. And so sometimes the first step is just to understand your own self-care as far as food is concerned and really get your oxygen mask on in advance of getting your whole, your whole family's oxygen mask on. And I find that sometimes that's what's needed in order to really understand the why that you would do this for. Um, and so often we're just like, you know, trying to please our spouse and the kids and everyone. And we end up really eating things that don't serve us um, as a sacrifice. And that just does nobody any good. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. That is beyond important. And and what I know for sure is taking care of yourself, if we're going to talk to the moms here, is also number one for managing your anger, right? You're saying it's number one for managing your overwhelm and your anger comes right with it, right? Because you have a shorter wick when you are not taking care of yourself. And that just shows that you have to take care of yourself first. You can't you, you know, I know this is, this is like cliche, but you can't pour from an empty cup. You just can't, there's nothing left. And then yes, what you get is crap, right? What's left over is, is, is not good for anybody. And uh, yeah, absolutely. So go easy on yourself too. And look, I mean, I think it's okay. Sometimes like you've got to do you and it's okay. Look, if you do have a night of Mac and cheese, or you do have a night of frozen pizza, like own it, like, Hey, that's what we're having. That's right. That's what we've got. Right. I don't 100%. think there's anything wrong with that either. So yeah. Well, this has been so great, Mia. Thank you for the gift of the weekly meal planning kit. And um, we can find you at plansimple.com. You're on Instagram at uh, plan simple as well. Facebook, um, you're plan simple there as well. So you're just plan simple everywhere. And I, I am at, on, on social media. It's plansimple.co, but Yes. Oh, plansimple.co. Okay. Yeah. I do see that. Sorry about that. Um, so, so this is fantastic. And I I have had a look at your website and you have a lot of great stuff on there. So I really encourage everybody to go and, uh, and check out Mia because, uh, what she's talking about is great. And she knows like a lot about a lot, not just, (laughs) right. A lot of the other stuff that you also do. And and I know we just talked about dinner. I know that there's ways to extend this to breakfast and lunch as well. Uh, But I know that dinner is kind of the day, the time of the day that is just like, I just can't even. So, um, so I really appreciate talking about this and, uh, and, and stay tuned for next time when we talk about other times of the day, right? Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. And just, well, actually in self, along with self-care, we, we, I feel like we got to dinner because that's like really the family moment, but many of us are alone for lunch. So if you're really looking to get your food, your food, like lunch and breakfast, when you're not necessarily sitting down with your kids is such a good opportunity to understand how food can nurture you. So I will give you that. That's awesome. That's really yeah. nice. Thank you for that. Okay. Well, thanks, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.